This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday, the 26th of October. In your Squiz today, breaking down the budget, no rest for Sunak, planning your post, and kits off for a good cause. This is your Squiz today. Claire, last night, after months of build-up and expectation management, we finally heard Treasurer Jim Chalmers deliver the Albanese government's first budget. We know there are many challenges facing our economy right now, and that's what has dominated much of last night. But let's start with a small ray of sunshine. So the deficit for this financial year has halved. Uh, That's how much more the government is spending than taking in via taxes and other payments. Strong prices for our mining commodities and also having more people in work than expected uh, means that this financial year, the government set to spend 30 $6.9 billion more than it's receiving, uh, not $78 billion. So that's a good thing. Uh, And then it's really just wave after wave of tough expectations. Uh, Economic growth is expected to slow. Inflation is expected to peak this year at 7.75%, which is way off the target of 2 to 3%. And unemployment will likely rise as real wages go backwards over the next year. So that's pretty tough stuff. Yeah, it's all quite serious, but it doesn't mean that the government isn't spending any money during these hard times. And the theme from last night is that the Albanese government is cracking on with many cost of living relief measures. That's $7.5 billion for things the government says will lower the cost of childcare and medicines, make housing more affordable, and see low-income and aged care workers get pay rises. But there's still one big-ticket item that has been left unresolved. Yeah, and that's helping Australians with their energy bills. Uh, That was something that was talked about a lot in the election campaign, but it's not really addressed in this budget. And what Jim Chalmers says is that there's a lot more work for the government to do on that. Uh, It's tricky because electricity prices are set to rise by 56% uh, over the next two years and gas prices by 44% over the next 18 months. Uh, So those are some really big bills heading our way. There's other big pressures on the budget too, like an interest bill for our borrowings uh, and the NDIS, that National Disability Insurance Scheme. Uh, And of course, a lot of talk about how the deteriorating global economic environment is going to impact us. So all of those things mean that it really wasn't much of a victory lap for the new government. This isn't the end of the discussion, though. Chalmers will give his post-budget speech later today, and then we'll hear a budget reply from Coalition leader Peter Dutton tomorrow night. And of course, this is going to dominate the news for the rest of this week, at least. So plenty more to be said on this issue. Overseas, Claire, he's been in the job for just one day, but already new UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is under pressure. Many world leaders welcomed him before he'd even been sworn in by King Charles, including Indian PM Narendra Modi, who sent Diwali wishes to the man he called the living bridge of UK Indians. 
So some recent stats from the UK say that there's 1.4 million people living in England and Wales who were born in India or whose parents came from there. Uh, Sunak was born in the UK, but his parents are of Indian descent and he's a practising Hindu. Uh, He's also married to the daughter of one of India's most successful businessmen. So there's no wonder there's a lot of excitement from India, including from Prime Minister Modi, who says that he's looking forward to working working with Sunak. Uh, As for the headwinds that he's facing uh, and the pressure that he's under, uh, just like we've talked about with the Australian economy this morning, uh, the UK has a lot of those issues and many more. Uh, Things like energy shortages heading into winter with another COVID wave expected. Uh, It's a lot for him to deal with. Yes, and of course, after the political instability, there's a lot of work for Sunak to do to settle things down and lots of expectations that he'll do it quickly. Sunak is the UK's third prime minister in two months, so it's not a small task that lies ahead of him. Elsewhere, Claire, the latest trial of disgraced former Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein has started in Los Angeles, with prosecutors laying out their opening arguments. Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years jail in New York for similar charges, and that's a conviction that he's appealing. This is a new trial in LA, uh, and yesterday prosecutors said that eight women will testify about alleged assaults that mostly happened in hotel rooms. Uh, Most will remain nameless in court, but there has been one woman who's been identified. Uh, She's filmmaker Jennifer Newsom, and she's married to the current governor, of California. Despite being the man whose treatment of women triggered the Me Too movement, Weinstein has denied ever having non-consexual sex with anyone, and his lawyers told the court some accusers made up assaults, while others had transactional sex with him to further their careers. So there's going to be a lot of unpleasant details to come out of this latest case. Claire, can you believe there is now less than two months to go until Christmas? It's just wild. I really can't. I don't (laughs) want to think about it really, but yes, I guess. If you're planning to send your loved ones or that annoying relative a card or gift by snail mail, Australia Post has revealed this year's deadlines. Look, if you're sending something overseas, you need to get organised pretty quickly. Uh, Every country varies, but if you're sending something to the UK, for example, maybe something to Rishi Sunak, (laughs) uh, the deadline is less than four weeks away. That's the 21st of November that you need to get your parcels in the mail. Uh, And if you've got mail for residents of Australia, uh, get your interstate parcels to Australia Post by the 12th of December uh, if you want them to be under the Christmas tree on Christmas Day. Uh, And if you've got deep pockets, you can actually send them by express post right up until the 19th of December. Australia Post says that they'll get them there on time if you do that. That sounds like a little bit too close to the edge for my comfort. And frankly, it's why Santa invented digital gift cards. So (laughs) we really can't get away with blaming the post anymore. Yeah, email works pretty quickly. Claire. Have you ever wanted your naked body immortalised in a mass public artwork? No is the short answer. (laughs) (laughs) I heard yes. Well, you're in luck. Because US artist Spencer Tunick is coming to Australia in November 
and he's calling for 2,000 volunteers to bear it all in a nude art installation in Sydney. I'm not as brave as you, Siobhan. You can reveal as much (laughs) detail or as little as you like to squizzes this morning. (laughs) Uh, But there's a charity called Skin Check Champions and they've commissioned Tunic to raise awareness during National Skin Cancer Action Week. Uh, That's actually in November. Uh, And each participant in this adventure uh, will represent someone who's died from skin cancer. And look, he's the guy who had more than 5,000 people lie on the steps of Sydney's Opera House during Mardi Gras in 2010. So getting 2,000 people in the nutty really seems quite doable. Yes. So what Claire is alluding to is my turn in the dark mofo nude solstice swim. But that was a bit different, Claire, because there was no cameras where I was. I (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally different. But, you know, each to their own. And the artist reckons it's not going to be hard to find people to get on board because he says everyone is just so eager to get their kit off in Australia. So, Claire, we might have to reconsider. That's it from us today. Have a great day and we will be back tomorrow. 